Well, well, well. Welcome everyone to the first episode of 2024 of What You Talking About, your official radio show of your ASU women's hockey team. My name is Chase Beersley. I'm the team reporter and host of your ASU women's hockey team. Uh, welcome everyone. It's a brand new year and we have a lot to talk about in such a short amount of time. In the past couple of weeks since we did our live stream, which was our last episode, make sure to check that out on YouTube or on your all your podcasting platforms if you haven't checked that out already. Since then, we've had two series, and we're getting a third one today. Uh, rather, series last week, I met a whole road trip where the team played five games against three ranked opponents. It was an incredible week. I was fortunate enough to travel with the team, so you'll get some more insight on that. But we might as well start all the way back with the first series before break, which was the late, or sorry, right after break, I should say. It was a weird time, um, first week of January, but the Lakeland series, Lakeland College, it's a Canadian college that ASU played three exhibition games against, so these did not count on their overall record, the conference record, whatever, but a Lakeland series we three straight losses for ASU not a lot of offense and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on looking at back at the series and reviewing the series because it was an exhibition series it was not a good one for ASU they played sloppy they did not look like the normal selves and the offense, as I mentioned, was not there. You know, we saw some offense. Sidney Paulson finally struck through on the third game. Not a lot of offense from Sam Murphy, Bree Powell, you know, these top guys that, you know, really will power your team through whatever adversity you think. We didn't see a lot of that. And unfortunately, we kind of got news right before the road trip that Bree Powell was going to be out the whole road trip, excuse me, uh, due to an injury, uh, which was very unfortunate because, as we all know, she, <coughs> excuse me, uh, she had a fantastic, fantastic uh, end to her 2023 hat trick against GCU. Really, really good game. And then just injury kept her out, and it's very unfortunate. But the we'll get into the road trip now. You know, as I said, Sam Murphy didn't show up. Sidney Paulson didn't show up. A lot of these key players that score a lot did not show up in the Lakeland series, and it continued into the road trip. There is something I want to note. Riley Armstrong did leave the team uh, during winter break. If you know Riley, you know, if you look at her stats, she doesn't play a lot of games. But the reason why she's so important to this team, and Trey and I touched on it in the live stream, that she is the energy to this team and it felt like all the energy was gone in the first two road trips we had a I believe it was a four nothing loss to number five McKendry and then a seven nothing loss to Maryville two really unfortunate losses it was the first time ASU had gotten shut out in almost two years two years since uh, ASU got shut out it's it was very unfortunate and then back-to-back shutouts first time I believe in recorded ACHA history for this ASU women's hockey team. Right now, a uh, bit late, but he's here. Trey Matthews is on the mic uh, joining me now. How are you doing, Trey? I am doing great, Chase. How about yourself? 
I'm tired, man. <laughs> tired. Yeah, I'm tired. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I just overheard what you were talking about. Can we please talk about uh, the first couple games of the road trip? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, needed a cigarette after that. Oh, it was the first time ASU had been shut out in almost two years, and the first time they had been uh, shut out back-to-back games in almost i believe it was in recorded acha history i don't know the acha okay i'm going to shout out the acha website real quick because it is not good basically anything past the 2021-2022 season is not recorded for all the wwchl teams it's annoying seriously yeah so i I knew it was bad i didn't know it was that bad yeah everyone dislikes it uh but basically Back to the point, you know, this was a very bad start to the road trip. It seemed like there was no energy. It seemed like no one was really, like, playing up to their potential. You know, you saw Sidney Paulson get some good chances. I thought Paige Ring was a hard worker out there. Um, But outside of those two things, it was sloppy. It was no focus, no energy. The defense was awful. The special teams were awful. You know, they allowed a lot of goals on the power play throughout those two games i mean that is a theme that we will get into eventually when we talk about the last three games but it was just from up to down sloppy goaltending defense offense coaching everything was not good yeah i mean let's go back uh, a, a couple games as well let's go back to that lakeland college series because unfortunately for um asu uh, they 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 didn't have good outings against Lakeland College either. So I think a little bit of that slow momentum carried into the road trip, if, if if that makes sense. I could see that totally because they played exactly like they did uh, versus Lakeland, if not worse. So so three loss three straight losses against Lakeland. They lost to McKendry, lost to Maryville. They beat Maryville right or the second go around yeah they beat Maryville then McKendry and then tied against Lindenwood we'll get into those three games in a second because I do want to keep touching on the uh first two games uh Lakeland exhibition games I think you know that is somewhat an excuse I mean it sucks obviously to lose those games but you have to think they're exhibition games the reason why Lindsay scheduled them was because she didn't want her team coming out flat and tired and not in shape from over winter break, which they did anyway. Um, and I think the main problem with the first two games uh, of the road trip was there was no energy. The whole team was just flat. They didn't seem like they were into it. They were on the bus. It was just quiet to the way there, to the way back in the locker room. It just looked quiet, seemed quiet on the ice, on the bench. It was just terrible. <laughs> quiet. As someone who used to play uh, sports, and you probably know this too, quiet bus ride is usually never a good thing. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, that that means there's something seriously wrong. Well, I touched on it, but, you know, we we talked about it in the live stream. Riley Armstrong, you know, again, might not show up on the stat sheet, but the reason why she's such a big part she's of a this mother, team. She's a motherly figure. She is the most energetic figure on this team, no doubt about it, and with her gone, it just seemed flat. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people don't realize what those types of players bring to the roster because I think every team 
has that sort of player, uh, a player that is going to be on the end of the bench, uh, a player who's not going to play unless it's like garbage minutes or a worthless scrimmage or w- with all due respect, they're, they're not going to see much action. But the reason why the coach loves them, the reason why they stick around, the reason why they're so vital to any championship caliber team is because their leadership is unhinged. They're um, the j- just the energy and the vibes they bring. So if I had to make an educated guess, you were actually there alongside with Billy Whataburger, which was, you know, like uh, those quiet bus rides. Usually you need someone like that to rally the troops together. So uh, if we factor in uh, those Lakeland games, so that's three straight losses right there. I know they're exhibition games, but then McKendree and Maryville, that's two uh, other losses in which ASU generates no- little to nothing. So that's essentially five straight games in which you do not play your A game. So this goes back to what I said last semester, Chase, which is like, look, with all due respect to ASU, I'm sure they're the favorites to win, but it takes those types of stretches to really derail your season and put you into a thick and position. Well, I'll put some, one more log in the fire, and then I'll take you further in the timeline, Trey. Uh, that was the biggest loss. The 7 nothing loss was the biggest loss in ASU history, goal differential-wise, since the Liberty Series last season. Again, that was against number one Liberty, who hadn't been defeated in 50-plus games at that point. So it was terrible. Not to mention that this was, you know, by far the most humiliating loss in the past couple of seasons because ASU had put up a fight against Maryville in the Nationals last season. They had won a game in the series they played in the beginning of this season. So 7 nothing is not good. And that's where we got to, I believe, the uh, the game changer here. What happened was after the seven nothing loss, uh, they all had they had a team meeting in the hotel. Uh, they had a captains meeting, a whole team meeting. I believe they had a goaltender meeting. And were you present for that? Uh, me and Billy were. <laughs> well, here is what we did. We were uh, uh, up in the room, you know, doing photos, my article, all of that stuff. Went down to go work out in the gym, and we we accidentally interrupted one of their meetings. So that oh, I'm sure I'm sure Lindsay was happy to see well, you right then and there. So what <laughs> happened was, uh, it's a clear glass door to get in the gym, and we round the corner to. So we're looking in the door. We haven't entered, and we see all the captains in there. We were like, all right, we're gonna come back later. So, um, uh, you like again? I'm sure they were very happy to see you right then and there. Uh, they were like, "I well, we'll be done in a couple minutes. We'll be done." In, uh, we're like, "It's it's good. It's good." Um, <laughs> and then uh, hours before the Maryville series, I had heard that Carson Hellman was getting scratched the first time in her career, I believe, in ASU uh, that she's gotten scratched. And I did not say the S word, by the way, so do not put this blame on me. Brooke Kimmel was put in place as the backup. And from there on, ASU played their best hockey I've seen in a couple years because they looked electric. They were putting up a lot of shots. They were actually getting to the front of the net with their shots, which is something they had struggled to do in the first two games in the exhibition series. They were taking, like, you know, those risky shots that you need to take in front of the net. Uh, Quinn Anger, again, fantastic. Uh, I believe she was in the uh, Maryville loss the day before. Totally wasn't her fault that she got blown out with her team. 
but she played incredible in game two. I believe that ended up being a 4-1 win. Uh, you know, after seeing five games in a row every day, scores kind of blend together. But I uh, believe that was a 4-1 win. Big win for ASU, taking down the number six overall team in their home. Um, you know, a lot of good came out of that game. Uh, Paige Ring, I believe, scored in that game. Sydney Paulson scored in that game. All these producers were scoring. And as Trey was about to mention, I bet, Sam Murphy scored the point, uh, the you know, the career point that gets her past Cat Jones for the overall leader in points. She now leads all program history in points, assists, but not goals. She is a couple behind Cat uh, okay. Jones. Hold, hold on a second. Um, was she originally, like, what, what game did she break that in? That was in the Maryville series. Okay, the Maryville series. Uh, game uh, two versus Maryville. Okay, game two. Like, uh, I was, I'm probably one of the few people who does this, but I was, like, looking at your your tweets, like your, uh, your tweet log of the game, and it didn't look like Sam Murphy was originally credited with, like, uh, uh, an assist or, or a point. So, was it later changed after the game, and then it was just like, okay, now she broke the record. Yeah, it was definitely changed later because we were, like – we, we thought – it was that line-out. It was the Paulson, Satura, uh, Murphy line-out. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, well, they Paulson scored. I wonder if she broke it. They had originally credited the assist to Logan Satura, but after review, they, Sam Murphy – They do video clear, review? Well, me and Billy did. <laughs> okay. We were curious. So is it so is it by your guys' record, or is it like will they end up changing it? They changed it. Okay. Because we looked at it, because uh, we were told that Sam Murphy got it, so, so we took a look at it, and she did. So that puts her past Cat Jones for all-time points. You know, yay. Um, I have more to say about her in a second, but... Uh, like how she's not overrated? <laughs> we'll get into it. Uh, but yeah, Sydney Paulson, a goal. Paige Ring scored. I believe Logan Satura scored in that game as well. Uh, let me just pull up the ACHA uh but yeah uh they took down number six and then the next day Quinn Anger starts the net I believe this is the first time this season that a goaltender has started two straight games because they've been rotating on and off Carson Hellman Quinn Anger Carson did return to backing up Quinn that game but 5-2 win against number five in the country McKendry University what a strong game Let's talk about Paulson Power. Sydney Paulson in Illinois, three goals hat trick, played one of the best games I've ever seen her. She is the hardest worker I've ever seen on this team. And something I've noticed, I don't know if I think this is true, but I've so during the games, I noticed her mom and dad, they were filming every shift she was on. I'm pretty sure she reviews every clip that they record because that's a lot of shifts yeah but and a lot of data she is the hardest worker i have ever seen in my two years of covering this team i have to give uh kudos to Paige ring as well who you know played incredible during this road trip had a game of her own that we'll get to in a second the quinninger also solid game for her and this ended up being the highest-ranked team ASU has ever defeated. 
at number five in the country, which is incredible because this McKendry team, as we've noted probably thousands of times, took down Liberty University and ended their 50-plus game winning streak. This is no easy team to take down, but ASU managed to do it, and they did it pretty convincingly. 5-2 win, really good win for that team. I think it's also worth mentioning that uh, Quinn Eatinger, uh, McKendry's from Illinois. They're based in Illinois, right? Yep. Quinn's parents and uh, family drove down to see Quinn win those three games. I don't know if they were there for her loss against Maryville, but nevertheless. But, yeah, no, nonetheless, um, uh, Quinn Eatinger, an Illinois native. So it's nice that uh, I, I know she's, like, from a suburb, uh, suburban Chicago uh, area, but – it, it, it's nice. It's nice to tight but it's nice that um, that she gets some home cooking in front of uh, her family and her friends. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I was uh, I was I was there. Jace, I've already been sick uh, last week. I don't need to get sick again. It's my allergies, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Jill Cashem also Catch appeared. Him my yeah. OG partner from uh, our old school. Now keep going. Yes. Uh, she scored an assist, or sorry, two assists in the Maryville game. And then in the McKendry game, she had a assist off Brittany Burdell's first goal of the season. Really, really good first two games for her, and we'll get into her third game. But Nina Fleming also scored in the McKendry game, putting her at the team lead in goals with nine in the season, Pagering also assisted off that. I know Anita is not considered like a a like a freshman, but because she's she's a junior transfer, she is a rookie. But she yeah, but like she is a rookie, so it's impressive that she is leading the team in goals. Well, we also expected Bree to lead the team in goals and or points as well, and unfortunately, you know, injuries have really hampered her. I mean, I I expected for Bree to have a good season, which she is. She's basically a point per game player, eleven. 11 game appearances and she has 10 points, but uh, I still wasn't really comfortable giving that title to a rookie just because, especially a fresh or no, no sophomore, uh, excuse me. So it's just like, she's a junior. She's a junior. Bree. Oh, Bree sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were talking about Anita. No, no. well, look, talking both of them in general, it's just like, sure. I, I was not comfortable saying like, I don't anticipate for a rookie, a freshman, whatever the case might be to lead the team in points or goals or something like that. What? I said, yeah. They'll have good seasons, but I wasn't anticipating for them to, you know, be that good. No, but I'm saying is when we guessed who would lead rookies, we guessed. Brian. Oh, rookies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because we, we, I believe, guessed either Sam or Sydney to lead the team in points slash goals. But either way, Sydney actually leads the whole WWCHL in points, and I believe in assists as well. She wait, leads wait, that whole conference. Wait, say that again. Oh, conference. Okay. Yep. Conference. Sydney Paulson leads the whole WWCHL and points with 20, and then assists as well. So 3-1 win against Maryville, number six, and then a 5-2 win against number five, McKendry, and they were 500 on the road trip. You know, they were looking to see if they could get above 500, you know, not drop below 500 on the road trip, and what we got was a 5-5 tie <laughs> against Lindenwood. Uh, that, those, those suck. Uh, this was the page ring game because two goals on the power play in – one period she looked impressive and i'm going to shout out Paige because again she reminds me of a lot her work attitude reminds me a lot of sydney paulson and brie powell arguably in my opinion three of the hardest workers on this team you know i always see them 
really hustling hard. They always, you know, after games, they're critical of themselves. And that's something you love to see if you're a coach because, you know, you want your players to get better. And Paige Ring has just been elevating her game. She has gotten so many chances, but she cannot finish. But she finally found out – she finally got through that, you know, that blockade and scored two here in the Lindenwood game. But the – just the penalties, man. And we'll get into that because Logan Satura also scored in this game along with Sammy Lush. Jill Catchum scored her first goal in over a year. Uh in this game as well. Is it safe to say that Jill is getting her legs underneath her? Jill is back and not on the line we expected. We expected her to eventually appear on a line with Sam Murphy again because those two lit up the ASHA in the 2021-2022 season. And Jill has found her own way. You know, she has been scoring. Uh, and she's. I feel like she's really connected well on the page ring line ever since Ellie McKenna went to defense. Um is that going to be permanent, Ellie McKenna on defense? I know she's capable of being a defenseman. I think at her previous school she was a defenseman, but is that going to be permanent? We'll see. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I thought she looked decent on the blue line. You know, I wouldn't say she was, like, better in the Maddie Platts and Hannah Coons pairing or the Sammy Lush, Mia Jarvis pairing, but we'll see. But 5-5 tie, they let Hillary Pierce, I believe, score a hat-trick. Or she was originally credited with a hat-trick. I guess she did not get that hat-trick. Uh, there was one goal where there were a bunch of sticks on it, and we thought she got in. But the problem is ASU could have easily won this game against number 12, Lindenwood. Uh, the penalties really killed them. If you look, uh, they let Lindenwood score three of their five goals on the power play. Well, here, here's the thing. Yes, the penalties kill you, but you got to kill them off. Well, that leads me to my next thing was that defense was not great in this game, especially on the penalty kill. And I think that leads to a point where it's something that we've been seeing. And I we're not going to start any controversy here, but... Oh, no, I love being controversial. <laughs> anyway, I just don't think they're coached defensively as strong as Lindsay would want them to be. I mean... They don't have a defensive skills coach. Yeah, I mean, look, the, I, in the day and age of this hockey, uh, we see a lot of two-way play. We don't really see that with ASU. They're more stay-at-home defensemen. But, yes, they do need to work on their defense a little bit. But I would argue instead they need to work on their offense just a little bit more if that's, if that's controversial enough. It's just because, for me, it's just like I said this at the beginning of the year. I don't know who the star player is, but now I think we see that it's Cindy Polson who really shined into that light. But the thing is, it's like I want to see more dominant scoring. I, I, I need to see like a person who – and maybe it will be Sidney Polson, but my thing is like who's going to be that main goal getter for them. So I think if these last few games have shown anything for ASU, I respectfully mean this. is like, yes, they can – they can thrive in the WWCHL. In fact, I think they're favorites to represent that conference in nationals. But in terms of just comparing them to the rest of the field, they still have a lot of work to do, like a whole lot of work to do. So I'm going to disagree with you on that offense, actually, because four out of the five goals were scored on the power play in this game. And but if that, you look back... But, but the oh. thing is, is like you cannot rely on power play goals to get you to the promised land. But, it, it's good, don't get me wrong, but that well will dry up quickly. 
But what I'm saying is that they had really struggled on the power play going into this game. You know, even in the two games that they won, you know, they scored a couple, but a lot of the penalties they did not capitalize on, and they the pucks were cleared easily. But offense five on five, I thought they played terrific in those two games and really struggled in this Lindenwood game, but their power play made up for it. I think you have your lines now. I think you have Logan Satura on that line permanently with Paulson and Murphy. I don't know why you would ever change that. I think the Fleming ring line, you know, I think Joe Cashin deserves to be on that line, but Haley Martin looked decent on that line. And then the bottom couple lines, you know, mismanaged them, you know, are you got some good players down there. I think Tristan Craig is having a really good season, underrated season. So see, see, uh, I, I think I pit, I said Tristan will be just fine this year. Uh, remember our first uh, few episodes of this season? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I still think defense out of all of the categories is the main one they have to work on. They don't have – I don't I, – again, I'm trying not to – stir any controversy but no, i don't know chase 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 in this industry don't be afraid to be controversial plus things trend for like a day and people forget about it so don't be afraid to be controversial it's not like come on now all righty then uh so anyway uh, and plus plus whatever you say controversial they'll get over it i well i think they know this as well i think even Lindsay knows this i don't think they're being coached to the potential they can be defensive defensively because i think Lindsay knows offense i think uh coach matt knows offense i think evan hosser has been incredible in the goaltending department i mean what he's done with quinn and i, I mean carson has struggled but i don't think that's all on her uh i think I, she's I th- still i think carson is still having a pretty decent year if, if oh absolutely if you ask me, yeah she has a yeah she has Same a percentage is above 900 and she has a record yeah goals against the average of 1.86 so yeah i mean her struggle to her standards i think is better than most people i think Let's that's just more be the team yeah absolutely evan hosser you know because ha- he has that ncaa background in goaltending i think he's been incredible they don't have that presence defensively and i think that's what's really struggled with this team i mean you look at the blue line you know Ellie McKenna is now on there. Very aggressive I, player. It, it's interesting. I thought she played decent again. Sophie Fossil hasn't gotten a lot of minutes recently, which is interesting. Uh, you know, I I think she was she had some mixed play in the whole road trip, but I thought you know as an overall she played she played uh pretty decently. Uh, I'm gonna pick one player that I would like to see improve out coming out of this road trip, and I you know. Maybe I'll get some slack for this, but Sam Murphy. <laughs> oh, you're definitely going to get slack for this. I wasn't impressed with her on this road trip. and Really? Man, I even, really even though she, Even though she uh, broke the record? See, that's going to be the you talk know, of the town, but that's going to like cover exactly. it up. Okay, okay. Exactly, because she, didn't, she only scored that one time in the whole road trip. It was just Sam Murphy, the one assist. She really struggled in this road trip. One assist in the past five games. You know, before this, we were talking about, you know, eight points in the past like four sam really struggled i thought a lot of her play was really sloppy and something that i that we know sam loves to do is that she loves to flop whenever she's hit even like a little bit she flops okay <laughs> and sam will be the first one to say this and admit this i isn't swear that, isn't that a isn't that an embellishment penalty though not if you sell it well <laughs> 
Well, you know, you don't see embellishment calls all that well, all, all that often. But it's just like, is it like if you like the flop so much, then uh, yeah, referees will call that. Yeah, but I wasn't impressed with Sam on this road trip. I will be the first one to admit it. But someone I was, I'll list two players because okay, the obvious one is Cindy Paulson, fantastic, but Paige Ring. I, I, I can't wait to see what she does this weekend because I really think, you know, she's a special player. And I'll be doing some double duty tonight, so. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, speaking of tonight, we're going to touch on the Denver series real quick. Yeah, we're running out of time. Yeah, we are. Uh, Denver, you know, I believe third in WWCHL uh, in terms of the overall record, 6-3 and oh, I believe. But even then, that's still that's still not good, right? Uh, that's pretty decent. I mean, Look, they only won, I believe, one or two games last year. This is already an improvement. So they are 6-3-0-0. Denver has not uh, defeated ASU in the past couple years. In fact, all-time 12-1-0 for ASU against Denver. They are on a two-game winning streak, uh, Denver-wise, but they beat the Air Force and University of Colorado, which are pretty bad teams that's what i'm talking about yeah so we'll see um they were one of two wwchl opponents not to make the playoffs last year uh because i believe they only won one or two games and they were the reason why university of colorado was not was eliminated because they won their last game yeah interesting uh that that whole thing was interesting so uh look ahead uh they played them tonight at 9 30 (laughs) and then they play them again uh tomorrow at 9 30 any thoughts trey I think ASU will come away with the win. I, I I just think that this is a matchup that falls heavily into the favor of ASU because one of the things that uh, that I think we both can agree on, ASU has not really struggled against WWCHL opponents this season, and this is why they're one of the favorites to represent this conference in the cha- or in the national cha- or I'm sorry in, in nationals. Don't want to say national championship because I'll, I'll I'll jinx them. Yeah, hockey players are so superstitious, even though there's no such thing as superstition. But anyway, digressing a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's just like I don't think you have to worry about this ASU team against WWCHL opponents. And I'm not guaranteeing anything, but it's just like I, I just see ASU having a pretty productive weekend, if that makes sense. And maybe us, this is a chance for Sam Murphy to break out of her slump like you alluded to. You hope so. Uh, this season, 9-0-0 for ASU against WWCHL opponents. Denver, 2-2-0. Any final thoughts, Trey, before we end it here for the week? Uh, let's just see what they what they could do this weekend. They got to get back on track to winning a little bit more consistently. I know the uh, this month has been a bit of a struggle for them, and and a bad stretch of games could definitely get into your head a lot. But now is a chance to break out of it. You you're you're halfway you're more than halfway through the season, and you have limited games left. So now is not the time to go on a cold streak, especially when the playoffs are what like next month, like late next month. Yeah. So. Now is not the time to go on the cold streak, and this is what I've been. This is why I told you anything can happen. Well, that will do it for this week's edition of What You're Talking About. You can find What You're Talking About on all podcasting platforms, even Amazon uh, Podcasts. And you know who actually listens to Amazon Podcasts? Who? Joseph Furtado. <laughs> um, you can find Trey Matthews on Twitter, on Instagram, myself as well, Chase Beardsley underscore on. Uh, Twitter and then Chase Beardsley Sports on Instagram. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We will be back. Blaze Radio Live, 8.30 a.m. next week on Friday. Until then, everyone, have a great rest of your week.